The Medallion, Chapter 5 Steady drips of water fell from a seam of coal above Corvin's head, wrapping on his helmet and sparkling in the bright glow of his acetylene lamp. He didn't like working out in the new shafts by himself. He kept expecting to see the face of the Rakash leader appear at any time. Something moved behind him. His heart leapt into his throat and he jumped to the wall, his pickaxe ready to strike. Whoa, easy, son. The shadow came closer and a huge hand reached out to grip the head of Corvin's pickaxe. It's just me. The gentle face of Jake Olson appeared in the light of the headlamp strapped to Corvin's hard hat. Sorry I'm late. My lamp's gone out. Was wondering if you could fix it again. Jake held out an acetylene lamp in his coal-blackened hand. You're the only one I can trust with these things, now that everyone's using the electric ones. Corvin nodded and took the lamp from Jake's hand. His dad had refused an electric lamp, too. He told Corvin an acetylene one could do other things like marking tunnels with its soot or keeping you warm. Corvin held Jake's lamp up to his ear, but he couldn't hear the hiss of escaping gas. Likely the drip tube was clogged up. All it took was a small piece of grit to stop the water from flowing. I'm sorry about your dad, boy. Jake patted his shoulder so hard Corvin almost dropped the lamp. It's too bad he never got to see what he did for us by finding this new seam of coal up here above the water line. Pulling a pouch of tobacco from his pocket, he stuffed another wad up under his lip. Your father saved our jobs by exploring these old shafts. A squirt of brown juice splashed on the wall. We'll always remember him for that. Corvin nodded, keeping his head bent over the lamp. How could he tell this rugged man that he believed his father was still alive and being held captive by cave-dwelling blind men who navigated in the dark like wingless albino bats? The crew boss would send him to the special hospital up north and they would strap him to a bed for the rest of his life. You did your best, son. You showed our man the way in to try to find your dad before the rest of the shaft caved in. And I'm glad they gave you your dad's job. It's the least they could do to help support your mom. Corvin twisted the knurled knob on top of the lamp back and forth. The reason nobody could have rescued his father before the shaft collapsed was because the Rakash leader had already taken him. The signs of the struggle were as plain as day. The hard hat and the lamp laying on the ground, his father's tools strewn across the mine floor surrounded by long, thin footprints in the dust. After the collapse, he'd gone back to that spot many times, but there was no way of getting past the tons of rocks and into the water tunnel that could lead him back to the core to rescue his father. His only hope was to get into the labyrinth under the castle rocks. I hear you're staying in the barracks this weekend while your mum is gone, Jake gently punched Corvin's shoulder. Guess she don't want to leave you alone with your new girlfriend. She's not my girlfriend, Corvin muttered. She's just, it's okay, don't get all worked up. Jake laughed. You best keep them at bay for a while. They'll catch you soon enough and then it's game over. You'll be working night and day just to keep the family fed. Well, that's not going to happen to me. I've got other things to do. Corvin tried the lamp again, but the gas still wasn't escaping. He hated it when mechanical things refused to cooperate. Pulling the lid off the water chamber, he dumped the liquid out. Where did you find this water? Jake chuckled uncomfortably. Well, I forgot to fill up on top, so I used some water coming off a of support timber. Looked pretty clean to me. Corvin shook his head and blew out the filler tube, clogged, just as he expected. Feeling under his hard hat, Corvin drew out a fine piece of wire and cleaned out the tube. Guess it weren't as clean as I thought, Jake said, crouching down. Kinda funny now that it's three generations of your family that have helped me with my lamp. Your grandpappy was a whiz with them, too. Corvin glanced from the lamp at Jake's brown-stained grin. 
You knew my grandfather? Worked with him for a bit at the IPC mine before we... Before the mine shut down. Pretty good worker for such an old guy. Wouldn't listen, though. I told him to stay away from them deep places. There was ghosts. White creatures with long arms and no eyes. Corvin squinted at the older man. Was Jake talking about the Rakash? Don't look at me like that, boy. I know it sounds crazy, but I saw him myself. He shivered and rubbed a hand over his forehead, adding another streak of coal dust to his face. I tried to tell other people, but they said I was crazy. But I had no different. Saw one coming out of the hole, all white and thin with a horrible face. Jake stared down the dark tunnel as if he was seeing the ghost approaching. So the Rakash had come to the surface in the past. That must be what his grandfather referred to in the letter Corvin found in the oak chest. Did it see you? Jake shook his head and lowered his voice. Them ghosts don't have no eyes. Must have been burnt in an explosion when it died. Just stood a-listening and then, poof, it disappeared. He glanced over his shoulder and back at Corvin. I'm only telling you this because you're his kin, and he was the only one that believed me. No one else knows, and you got to swear never to tell another living soul. Corvin nodded. Jake swallowed and moved closer. It was me and your grandpa that blew that tunnel closed at the IPC mine. Your grandpa said it was the only way to keep a whole army of them ghosts from coming up and killing us all. Corvin stared at Jake. An army of Rakash? Was that even possible? He had only ever seen four. And why would they want to come to the surface anyway? The sun would kill them. Jake grabbed Corvin's shoulder. We never meant to hurt anyone. Those men were still drunk from the night before and should never have been in the mine. That weren't my fault. Honest, boy. It was no wonder Jake was so serious all the time. Corvin nodded, and Jake relaxed. The only reason I stay down here is to feed the family. Every day I think I'll see one of them white faces around the next corner. Corvin knew exactly how Jake felt. Jake continued, Just letting my imagination run on me, I guess. He gave a half-hearted grin. Thanks for not making me feel stupid. It's good to finally tell someone what really happened so at least someone knows I'm not going nuts. You're not crazy. There's lots of things down here people on the surface don't know about. Jake stared at him and Corvin bent back over the lamp. Do you know what happened to my grandpa? It was his idea. Said I had to seal him inside the mine to fight them ghosts. Promised me he knew a secret way out of the mine and I would see him again, but... Jake lifted his hands helplessly. Corvin nodded. I'm sure he knew what he was doing. It's not your fault. A few tears slid down Jake's face. He wiped them away with the back of his sleeve and his voice grew hoarse. Thanks, son. That means a lot to me. Corvin fought the lump in his own throat as he refilled the water tank from his canteen and then screwed it back on top of the lamp. His grandfather died to stop the Rakash from getting to the surface, but he had failed, and now they had taken his father. He rolled the striker on Jake's lamp and soon its light was added to the glow of his own. Jake strapped his lamp back onto his hard hat. Thanks, Corvin. He lowered his voice and looked over his shoulder, the path of his lantern cutting a bright swath through the dust. Here, I got you them sticks of dynamite you was talking about. He drew out an oilskin-wrapped package from under his jacket. You be careful with this stuff. If you get hurt, I'll be in big trouble. These only have a short fuse, so be sure you're well out of the way and behind something solid. He pulled the package back toward himself. This better not be for blowing up someone's outhouse as a trick-or-treat prank. Corvin shook his head as he accepted the package. 
It's for that rock in my backyard. Jake choked back a laugh. You'll need a truckload of dynamite to blow up that thing. Digging into his coat, he brought out another packet. These ones have longer fuses, and maybe you should use them first. And if you get caught, I don't know nothing. He grinned at Corbin and walked off. There were two sticks inside each packet. He would definitely start with only one stick, but even then the blast could blow back into the cellar and damage the house. One thing for certain, he needed to make sure no one was home when he tried it out.